a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. The reason is because you don't have the sacraments. See? Yeah. I mean, once you don't have the sacraments, then basically everybody's a pastor. Because that's what a pastor is, a guy that's there to preach the gospel and minister the sacraments. Once the sacraments cease to mean anything in your theological construct, then ministry becomes something different than the giving out of God's gift of forgiveness. The reason why we go to church is not to hear about how we have to go out and, and be missionalists. The reason we go to church is to get the forgiveness of our sins. That's why Jesus instituted the church. And I think that's the point. See, when a pastor considers this option of, hmm, maybe I'll substitute these parts of the liturgy, maybe. The, maybe. the question before him should not be, will it win more people over? The question before them should be, would this deliver Christ in a better way than it already does? And the parts of the liturgy are direct quotes from Holy Scripture. And I don't think that you can improve upon the delivery of Christ uh, from them. I mean, just imagine the next radical that shall be even more radical. This will be the book that I'm going to write. Even more uh, radical. What part of cutting off your hand is unclear in the Bible? <laughs> if you still have two hands, you show yourself to be a false disciple of Jesus. <laughs> Thanks for joining us for the goodbye party. Oh, yeah. Goodbye, vicar. Oh, yeah. You wrote a song for the vicar, didn't you? Goodbye, vicar. Goodbye, vicar. It's time to say goodbye. Good riddance. (laughs) Aurora, Colorado will be in the rearview mirror as as he heads off to the... I'm going to have a vicar-shaped hole in my heart. I'm going to break the uh, back view mirror off so I don't even have to look Oh, oh boy, it's a sad day over here at Hope Lutheran Church. We got three more days of vicar, vicaring, and then we'll be vicarless. Hmm. Oh, it is kind of sad. It went too fast. I tell you what. But maybe we should have you. I know what we could do. Oh, we could have the vicar supervisor evaluation right here on the radio. Oh, <laughs> unfortunately, with and I have mourned this all summer. I do not get to evaluate a summer vicar. Oh, Only real vicars get evaluated. I can't even fail the guy. I, th- I mean, how can you how can you be effective, an effective and coercive supervisor, if you don't have this sort of punishments and threats to be able to make? You need to write the book, The Effective Vicar and Supervisor. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a With study questions. <laughs> All right, let's do some theological buzzwords then. Uh, I'm going to have... Um, uh, the vicar translate my buzzword for me. Is it in Hebrew? Nope. It's in Latin. Oh, great. It is nunc dimittis. Nunc dimittis. <laughs> All right, vicar. Oh, now lettest thou thy servant depart. I know depart. what it is. I, I, that means now dismiss. Oh, nunc dimittis. Now dismiss. Now, don't worry. I'll help him out. Thank here. you. Let me cover the microphone. It means now dismiss. It means now dismiss. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the TLH. It's the best version there is. <laughs> the song of Simeon. So Simeon holds baby Jesus in his arms in the temple. And he and the Lord had promised him, hey, you'll see the Messiah. And before he sees them before you die. And he sees him and he says, now I'm ready to die. Lord, now. Now, I always thought, did I tell you, ever tell you this, Vicar? That I always, whenever we sang the Nook Diminus growing up, I thought, it meant now it's time to go get some Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> 
Because <laughs> it came at the end of the service, you know? For me, I'm like, oh, yes, we're done. Yeah, that's right. But it doesn't mean now I'm ready to leave church. It means now I'm ready to die. And in this case, it means now the vicar is ready to leave. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I didn't even think of that. Man, all this, all, all, this creativity, all this creativity I put into the buzzword, and you don't even pick up on it. That's because you can't expect us to pick up creativity the first time you do it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> touche. <laughs> all right, what do you got then? Let's hear it. Hermeneutics. I wish. No, here, I'm going to scrap that one. Let the vicar tell you his, and I'm going to think of one right. that's creative. Mine is the forgiveness of sins. The forgiveness of sins? Yeah, now, now this is an important one because... We tend to just overlook this at times. Satan and the world and our evil nature tend to suppress the forgiveness of sins and has us look at the despairings of our life. Um, so the definition of this is the act of divine grace by which in virtue of the merits of Christ's atonement, appropriated by faith, God frees the sinner from the guilt and penalties of his sins. Now this word, the forgiveness... Or, or other varieties, is in the Bible about 134 times. So this is an important word, not only because it's in Scripture, but for our lives. It, it gives us a clean conscience. It gives us uh, the ability to move on and, and have a good life in Christ. All right. Forgiveness of sins. I like that buzzword. Uh, and uh, shame on us if we don't get it worked into the program. All right. Uh, Pastor Wolfman, let's hear your creativity Yes, my uh, buzzword is the intermediate state, <laughs> which refers to the time after death when our body and soul is separated, uh, and um, and we wait for the resurrection there. The body decays, still subject to sin. The soul, of course, is freed from the effects of sin, and um, uh, uh, and has the beatific vision, uh, sits before the face of God, looks at the face of Jesus. Uh, but it's waiting for the resurrection when body and soul will be back together again. That's at least the official definition. We could also make that refer to the time between, you know, be going, deciding to go to seminary and actually being ordained. I was the I was wondering if you were insinuating that his body is now in decay, leaving we Hope could, Lutheran uh, Church. We, <laughs> we, we could also have made a good buzzword. Uh, we could say monastery, since the vicar <laughs> has to return to the... Remember how I used to make fun of you? No. About how you lived in the monastery? Wait a minute, wait a minute. You used to make fun of me? Yeah. Huh. Back in the old days. Yeah, I don't. When that... the vicar wasn't around. <laughs> yeah. I, Poor I, vicar. I... The guy wasn't feeling well, went home from Bible class last night, and I was still mocking him, even in his absence. <laughs> I just can't help myself. Oh, yeah. Be sure to include that in your chapter of the effective vicar supervisor. <laughs> <laughs> the re- effective rhetoric of a vicar supervisor. <laughs> Public mockery. <laughs> That would be a, that would be probably par, public mockery part one, par, public mockery part two. There'd probably be a few chapters on that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. different forms of. It's like those. Uh, have you seen those? Um, uh, you know the the motivator ones. And then the despair uh, posters came out. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Are the you demotivation the, posters. Yeah, there you go. So he he actually has this whole the guy that came up with all that, and I think he's kind of serious that uh, this kind of theory of motivating people is by kind of demeaning them and so he would talk about how before he would go you know shake hands with the warehouse workers he would or after he would shake hands he would pull out some hand sanitizer and sanitize his hands i'm gonna bring a q-tip to church on sunday so after the vicar preaches i can do the same sort of thing yeah start swabbing down the pulpit I'm going to swab out my ears. 
Uh, all right. Uh, so you have an email there. We only have, let's say, uh, three minutes here for an email. All right. I got a, I've got a couple, but a ton of emails. Here's a quick one. Uh, from Tim uh, from T- Thorndale, Texas. I'm hereby applying for co-iron listener status with my wife, Sarah, as we did, listen to this, a 39-show table talk radio marathon while on our trip from Texas to Michigan and back the last couple of weeks. Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy. <laughs> Yikes. That's added. Thank you for your show. We enjoyed it a lot. The only thing I'd change is tone down the volume of the bump music. I, was, I almost drove off the road a couple of times when it came blasting on. Thanks, Tim from Thorndale. Thank you, Tim. Probably wow. a good thing, good thing you read that because I kind of quit reading after a while, so I didn't catch that last part. <laughs> Come down. I can't believe this. 39 shows in a row. That's ridiculous. Well, just to let you know, when I drive back to Fort Wayne, I will not be listening to you guys. Yeah, yeah. Here, I got another one here. This is from uh, Paul from Boston, because I know it because it says, Greetings from Boston. Recently found the show. Love the sheer mediocrity of it. You're welcome, Paul. Glad to be <laughs> mediocre. Particularly the How Big a Michelinist Are You? TM, yes, that is trademarked. Checklist is fantastic. Similar to the prior excellence of the Praise Song Cruncher, TM, also trademarked. Could you publish it in a handy downloadable form? Can we do that? Uh, Look into that. One of our pastors here is fairly missionalist, but uh, me and my fellow Table Talk radio fans would love to be able to accurately gauge how big of a missionalist he is. Thank you for the immense service you're providing and creating the checklist. We need to have that accuracy, so yeah, we'll get that. We'll get that going. I know we want to be able to pin things down, accurate diagnosis. Beyond the checklist, uh, uh, Paul continues. You got? I got time for this? Sure. Beyond the checklist, do you have any suggestions for how to deal with having a missionless pastor? I myself, as a former member of ULC in Minneapolis, may God preserve that wonderful congregation, have felt the destructive power of missionalism. How do you point out the errors of this line of theology as a layperson while respecting the God-given office of holy ministry? I've been trying to push back in Bible study against many of the lines of thought by refocusing discussions on the means of grace and the office of the pastor. However, many of the arguments made by Mishlis sound very reasonable as they use the scripture verses to back themselves up, though in a broader context, the verses fail to live up what the Mishlis use them for. Is there a good, clear scripture we can use to deal with this error? Are we stuck in the same state currently as mysticism, where we can identify it thanks to the praise song cruncher and other tools, but don't have a concise theological argument nor specific biblical verse against it? Any help is greatly appreciated. Uh, There you go. Well, there is a lot to respond to in that one, Um, particularly the assertion that we have no strong biblical um, response to mysticism. Right. Um, Which maybe can be... Uh, well, I'll tell you what. Let's uh, let's uh, go go to this commercial break, and then we'll ask that. I have a voicemail though to play before we hit the commercial break, and then we'll uh, answer this email on the way back. But here's the, here's the voicemail. Hey guys, I'm behind on my podcast. I just now listened to show uh, 199, and uh, I would like to enroll in the uh, Pastor Wolf Miller's uh, comedy uh, comedy uh, class. Now, the reason that's funny is because nobody in their right mind would enroll in that school. <laughs> Thank you. All right. And the reason that voicemail is funny is because he explained why it was funny. All and right. the reason why what I just said is funny is because All right, you got to stop. We're not going <laughs> to do this anymore. All right, we'll be right back on Table Tech Radio to respond to that email and then to play Which Temple Did I Visit? We'll be right back. <laughs>
Table Talk Radio. It's incredible how well our good looks translate to radio. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. I am using this handy-dandy little Table Talk Radio app right here. Yeah. And uh, I'm searching for the apology of the praise song cruncher. I remember that show where we were talking about the scriptural. Paul, by the way, here's Paul's email, how it finishes. On another note, is there a way to enroll other people in the Wolfmuller School of Hilarity? I think my dad would do quite well. And it would be nice for him to finally be able to actually get credentials for his sense of humor. Thanks for all the great work you guys do. So showing that he is not really a listener. Your official <laughs> astrophysicist listener. How many astrophysicists do we have as listeners? One. You're From talking, Boston. You're reading his email. <laughs> now, the uh, you're welcome, by the way, Paul. You can enroll other people. Just send a $1,000 check this way, and they're enrolled. <laughs> Probably, in oh, fact, really? they'll be graduates. <laughs> now, is that is that an extension arm of Table Talk Radio? So yeah. that they, ma- they make it out to Table Talk Radio. Yeah, then... that's what you know, the credentials would be. I mean, the the graduation is you listen to Table Talk Radio enough times. Although I'm a little bit worried that listening to too much Table Talk will actually destroy your sense of humor. Now, what you are looking up is on our app. You can look up the shows because one of the shows we did the scriptural proof of the Prey Song Cruncher. What Bible passages lie behind each one? Yes. Did you find it yet? Yep, it's the uh, it's show 64. But there is a disclaimer here. Uh, we don't recommend anyone listen to any of our shows before show 190. So if you decide to go what back to What happened at show the, 190? Uh, I just, that was a number I pulled what out because sh- it was fairly recent. What show were you ordained in? I don't think I was ordained in Table Talk Radio, so I think we're but, safe. All right, but between what shows? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I like don't know. 140, 150 or something. We should group the shows by your vocation. So show <laughs> like shows 1 through 50 were second-year seminarian. One of the shows, the nice things about our shows, we've been able to watch you grow up, you know, kind of <laughs> theological maturity. <laughs> I don't know if anyone ever used that adjective for it's, you. It's yeah, uh huh. <laughs> yep. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to. I forgot the vicar was here to make fun of. Sorry for giving you all that grief. Vicar, Thank you. do you want to do you want to do this from the the sim? We could we could just we could sure sure sure. <laughs> like, like we, we can start a new timeline then. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Now the one of the things that Paul's email said is that do we have clear scriptural anti-missionalist verses? And I think he's right in this sense, like mysticism. Missionalism is this uh, kind of it's a it's a theological construct which brings everything into its service, like Gnosticism. I mean, they're all kind of the same. So you have or dispensationalism. The, you have this theological construct that brings that bends all the verses to its own will, and you and you got to so you have to kind of pick up on it in every place. But we should do an apology for the how big a missionalist are you game, and that would be. On the list of things to do now. Huh? Not my job. Poor Vicar. Yeah. Okay. Can you hear me over there, then? Yep. Yeah. Sure can. Just not paying attention. All right. Did we cover it? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Okay, so um, what's next now? What temple did I visit? 
Yeah, what temple does it? Now, the way this game works is first I visit a temple. And then I tell you little bitty clues about that temple. And then, third, you guess what temple I visited. Hmm. Okay, so give it to me. Okay, clue number one. I wonder if I, on the descending list I give you more points for fewer clues, except for already the vicar gave it away last week, didn't he? Hopefully you've blocked it out of your mind. Mm-hmm. I did. You guys couldn't even remember the game. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> the clue number one is, I went into this temple, and off in the corner were three men with their heads mostly shaved, playing on a little organ and beating the drum and chanting for the entire two hours I was there. Hmm. Hmm. Sounds like seminary. <laughs> Hey, that's Kramer Chapel. <laughs> uh, clue number two. When I was talking to the monk about what the particular people are, uh, believed about this, I asked him why these guys were over there chanting, and he gave this illustration. Are you ready? <sighs> ready. He said, we are all emanations from the divine. So all of us are like sparks that have fl- flown out of the fire. And the closer we can return back to the fire the hotter our fire burns. And he said it's like iron and uh, it's like a blacksmith taking iron and putting it in the fire, is that the longer the iron is in the fire, the more the iron becomes fire, and yet it still remains iron. Can you believe that illustration? I mean, that's straight heard from before. Christian history, talking about the two natures of Christ. Now, um, that doesn't explain why they were chanting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so the chanting is the stoking up of that fire. Oh, okay. So you, your body is the iron, but as you go and you chant, you you start to become, and as you chant the name of God over and over, that's clue number three, hmm. as you chant the name of God over and over, your soul becomes kindled with the, your divine nature that's inside of you becomes stoked. You get closer to the fire and you become more in touch with the divine. Mystic much? <laughs> Um, I'm going to guess Calvary Chapel. Third, fourth clue. <laughs> <laughs> then when I was there, a particular guru gave me a book in which I have now, it's called The Science of Self-Realization. Uh, and it says on the chapter, Christ, Christians, and the... I can't read that. It'll give it away. A Vaisnavu, a pure do- devotee of the Lord is unhappy to see the sufferings of others. Therefore, Lord Jesus Christ agreed to be crucified to free others from their suffering. But his followers are so unfaithful that they have decided, let Christ suffer for us, and we'll go on committing sin. They love Christ so much they think, My dear Christ, we are very weak. We cannot give up our sinful activities. So you please suffer for us. Wow. Wait, I I, kind of lost a little bit. Were they offering that as a critique? Yeah. Okay. So that wasn't what they believe. That's that that's a critique of Christianity. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um well that that last one is interesting, uh, because one of these uh religions that deals a lot with suffering is um I think Buddhism, right? Mm-hmm. And so the answer to uh to suffering in Buddhism is that, well, suffering really just doesn't exist, that you need to get your mind above any suffering that's going on. So that you, you know, uh, hum God's name and put put your arm into this fire, and then um, uh, and then your your kind of mind mind above matter kind of a thing, and you come to the realization, the state of mind that ooh, suffering actually doesn't exist. 
Um, I'm I'm reaching closer to. I think they're the ones that believe in Nirvana, right? Yes. See. So I think that this is going to be some sort of a uh, uh, something to do with with Buddhism. Bahudism. Don't forget the H. Oh yeah, I forgot about you and silent letters. Okay, let me give you another clue. Wait, wait I have one question. Yes. Uh, do they have some sort of state of an intermediate state? Ah, that does not count, Vicar. You what? can't. What? He's got a lot that to is... learn. Just First of all, you don't do you, right. you don't do uh, buzzwords for the last two minutes of the program. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Preferably when the closing music is going on. And second of all, you were too obvious. All right, I'll give the vicar a point. That's because I'm awesome. Vicar one. All right, fine. One point five points. So these I'll guys, read another these, clue. These here. guys are saying, "Hey, the the dumb Christians. They they just uh, are are being weak and copying out and saying, oh, Jesus, please suffer for us.'" Right. Here's, um, uh, here's another paragraph about that. Suppose a man, the favorite son of his father, commits a murder. And suppose he thinks, if there's any punishment uh, coming, my father can suffer for me. Will law allow that? When the murderer is arrested and says, no, no, you can release me and arrest my father. I'm his pet son. Will the police official, officials comply with that fool's request? He committed the murder, but he thinks his father should suffer the punishment. Is that a sane proposal? No. You have committed murder. You must be hanged. Similarly, when you commit sinful activities, you must suffer, not Jesus Christ. This is God's law. <laughs> yeah. Now, Whoa. see, the difference, the difference between this is um, when uh, in, in uh, the legal system, that is injustice. So you have, you have um, a rapist in, in court, and then the rapist brother or someone says, I'll, I'll take the punishment. Um, and so the uh, and so that that is actually injustice because the the person who committed the crime do it. But see, when when we have a creator, when we've been created, are Buddhists the ones that believe that like the world created on the Bahudists. back of a, on the back of a turtle or something like no. that? No, oh, who's that? Who? You're mixing up the Bahudist with the Hindus. Oh, sorry. Which anyway. you should probably do in this situation. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> when you when you believe that you have a creator um, that uh, created you to be an as an object of love, you ever thought about that? The reason God created us is so that He would have someone to love, and He loves loves us. <laughs> and then they fall fall uh, away; they they rebel against Him. Um, and there is no other answer for sin. If if the if the Buddhist is going to be logically consistent, we are all going to hell, because he says that you have to pay for your sins. But we have a creator that that take that comes into this. He's outside of our of our of our world, outside of our universe, and takes on human flesh so that he can bear our punishment for us. I mean, that's that's the difference. Indeed. So. Um, you have more? I, I'm gonna. No, you want more? I want to get. No, I, I heard the beep. Oh really? You better guess. Oh, I got 17 seconds. Okay. Um, I'm gonna <laughs> guess the. This sounds exact. I'm going just off of what you said. This sounds like the Hari Krishna temple. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. 20 points. All right. 20 points. We'll be right back on Table Talk Radio. As long as he feels like he's in control If he wanna stay, he stays If he wanna go, he goes He doesn't care how he gets there long as he gets somewhere he knows Oh no, Here we sit, we can do no other Table Talk Radio
And we're uh, back on Table Talk Radio. Thank you. <laughs> welcome to some. How does this? Welcome to some more Table Talk Radio magic. <laughs> okay. Hey, I've got a quick temple for you. Oh, okay. Um, I this is pretty this is pretty loose. I mean, I didn't exactly go to this temple, but I'll make the connection once you. Uh, <laughs> what? what? I, exactly. I mean, sort of did, but didn't. Um, so I'm, I'm just I'm just reading I'm just reading the um, night flight belief. <laughs> uh, I'm just reading the beliefs of this particular. Oh thing. yeah. Okay. Ready? Okay. Yeah. Um, the creed is brotherly love, a charge to all, and uh, equality and justice for all, a helping hand to the distressed, love and loyalty to our country, uh, strong support of our public schools, belief and faith in a supreme being. And then here are the Ten Commandments. Are you ready? Mm. Belief in God. Number two, mm-hmm. practice brotherly love. Number mm-hmm. three, relieve the distressed. Number mm-hmm. four, search for truth. Mm-hmm. Number five, be exemplary citizen. Number mm-hmm. six, be pure in life and conduct. Number seven, be temperate. Number eight, be courageous. Number mm-hmm. nine, be prudent. Number ten, be just. Okay. Got it. Vicar's got a guess, and I've got a different guess. <laughs> you assume. <laughs> I assume. Okay, go All ahead, right, Vicar. Sounds like the Masons. You got yeah. it. Ding, ding, ding. Hey! What That's what say? I was going to guess. Oh, nice. <laughs> no, sure. it wasn't. What was, what I was going to guess the Boy Scouts. Ooh. Ooh. You thought I went to a Boy Scout Indeed. meeting? Yeah, that's good. Cool. One of the commandments <laughs> would be be prepared. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> but uh, that's right. So I was uh, was up in the Portland area for a, a continuing ed class, and we went out to dinner. And uh, this restaurant was in a converted uh, a retirement home for the Masons. Ooh. Um So it was kind of kind of weird, but... So that was the closest I got to visiting a temple, going to a restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. uh, would you like some fries with that brotherly love? <laughs> they, they were they were overcharged and the food wasn't that good. But hey. This is not prudence. <laughs> hey, let's play right. some Bible B, huh? I'm ready. Who wants to go first? This is the Great Evan versus Vicar Challenge. Woo! Challenge. Who goes first? Vicar. Sure. How many points do I get for that last one? Another 1.5? Oh, oh yeah, you got it right. No, that's 500 points. That's a flat oh, 500. Awesome. Is that right, Evan? 500 sure. points for guessing the temple? I mean, I so, guessed it right, and you only gave me 20 points, but 20. whatever. But look, it's uh, it's because the vicar told you what it was. I'm deducting now. I'm going to deduct 450 points from the vicar giving away what temple I went to last week. So 501. <laughs> so vicar has 51.5 points. Evan has 20 points. I don't have any points, but I'm secure. Okay. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> mm. Okay, here it is, Vicar. Okay. First verse. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid. Because I was nachid, and I hid myself. I wonder what the hard Christians would say about this verse. Genesis. Genesis. Genesis indeed is right. Ding, 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 ding. That's 100 points for the vicar. All right. Law and or gospel? Law. Because? They sinned. They fell into sin. They disobeyed God. And their eyes were opened to see evil. To see evil. They hid themselves. I think, by the way, this verse... 
is the worst in the Bible. The, this definition of death, that Adam and Eve hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. All right, 200 points for law. Well, that brings the vicar to a total of... Why don't you extrapolate on that? 51.5. Because, extrapolate been, on be, well, because I, I know, um, I remember when you were here at uh, Faith Lutheran Church in Rogue River, and you uh, preached the anniversary sermon. And I don't really remember what you were talking about, but something about how... Um, uh, you, you gave the analogy of, of your kids kind of hiding from you when you come home from work or something like that. Right. Um, so, now, yes. I was going to make make the point, though, that today everyone is is hiding from God, but not out of not out of fear of the Lord. They're hiding of God out of God so they can continue in their sin. Oh. Uh, see? Yeah. A little bit different, I guess, huh? But see, yeah. so 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 they want to, because you, you know, you talk about the what, what are the, what's that little distinction you make between um, uh, seeing between your, a troubled conscience yes. and a terrified conscience? Yeah, one uh, terrified being in the, uh, in in the wrath of God. Yes. So troubled conscience is you just know you've done something wrong. A terrified conscience is that that wrongness is put in the context of God's holiness. So not only do you know you've done something wrong, but you, you realize that you deserve hell for it. Yeah. So I just I'm just thinking that when I when I Look out into the world today. Most people you may have a troubled, troubled conscience, but um, it's it's At, it's becoming a rare place in the world to find a terrified conscience. Yeah, I'll abide by that. Adam and Eve were terrified. Yeah, they okay. Were terrified. Okay, you're just stalling because you're you know what's coming. Points is what's coming. Here it is. Since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. This verse is troubling for your Hare Krishna friends. Um, Indeed. Because it, uh, it teaches us about the active obedience of Christ. That uh, God is uh, is not only uh, just suffering for our sins, His passive obedience. Um, Jesus is also um, living the law in our place, so that we are bestowed to us. What is bestowed to us is His perfect righteousness. Um, so this passage from Hebrews is pure gospel. Oh, yeah, passively mentioned it. Andrew did the law gospel in one shot. All right, Hebrews is right. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 to 16. You knew that, though. But see, see. Again, uh, that's another mm-hmm. difference, right, from how the Hare Krishna uh, monk articulates this uh, the suffering, that, oh, the, these poor Christians are just sort of uh, getting, getting um, having someone suffer for them as, that, as if we're just kind of putting the load upon Jesus. Well, the, well, first of all, Jesus takes the load upon himself, but he does it, um, in fulfilling the law in our place. Uh huh. So uh, quite quite different than you, did you did you catechize your Hari Krishna monk there when you? Oh were... man, he was it was he, it was hard to get him to listen. Hmm. I gotta go back though. I'm gonna go back and bring him your paper on Caberly's three ladders. Okay. Yeah. That'll be my evangelism tool. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it. All right, give give Vicker another round. Here you go, Vicker. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, 
to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. Ooh, ooh, Vicar Stumper. It is a Vicar Stumper. I can tell you it's gospel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get point. By the way, Evan has made up these rules to assure that I never win this game. And one of the rules he made up is that you don't get the law gospel points unless you get the book of the Bible. Points. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that applies for Vickers. <laughs> <laughs> Now, why don't you give Vicar some time to uh, think about it while you explain the difference between law and gospel? Me? Yeah. Okay, so the law is the stuff that we're supposed to do, like the Ten Commandments. And precisely because we don't do them, they're the reason why God is mad at us, why the threat of condemnation hangs over each one of us. But then the law, the, the law is not the only word that we hear in the scriptures. The, the, the Lord chiefly opens his mouth and tells us the gospel which is his great love for us. The law tells us what to do. The gospel tells us what Christ has done to save us. So the gospel is the promise of the forgiveness of sins won for us by the death of Jesus on the cross. And all the benefits and good gifts that come from God uh, flow out of that gospel promise. All right, Vicar, I did the best I could. Romans? Romans is Oh, It's Galatians. Chapter 4, verse 4 to 5. Fullness of time had come, God sent forth the Son, born... Of woman born under the law oh. to redeem, to buy back those who are under the law. Romans was a very good guess. I was thinking Romans 6 on that too, actually. You also were wrong. So I'm going to deduct 100 <laughs> points from Evan. <laughs> so that takes Evan down to 220. So the score currently is 351.5 for Vicar, 220 for Evan. You ready for a round uh, two for you, or we have time? No, I, no I, I got to take a break. Oh, I, am, I am exhausted here. So. <laughs> more Bible be on Table Talk Radio after this. Don't go away. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Acts, and Romans. First Corinthians, Second Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. Colossians. Hey, you really are listening to Table Talk Radio. Alright, before Pastor Wolfmuller does an intervention on table talk for table talk radio hosts. Uh, we're going to continue with our game of Bible B. Oh yeah. Okay. What's the What's the score there? What's what, what, what? Current score is the vicar has three hundred and fifty one and a half points, and you, Evan, have two hundred and twenty. It's close. Nice. You could close the gap. I think I will. Right here with this verse. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. Beautiful passage. Um, Ooh, boy. Ooh, doggy. Vicar's over here trying to do some sort of Vulcan mind meld on himself. <laughs> See, I, I guess the passage, by I the think way. You're kind of creeping me out. <laughs> I think you're trying to be tricky. This is wonderful, though. Ooh, read it yeah. one more time. Okay, I will. The verse says, Christ redeemed us from... <laughs> Vicar down, vicar down. What? What's going on over there? They haven't taught him how to use chairs in the seminary. <laughs> oh, man. Jeez, I almost died. You redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. I hope the church has uh, liability insurance. <laughs> I know. 
get sued by the vicar as last week. Um, I know, I know. Oh, but I'm having a tough time with this verse because the only verse that I'm thinking of, I know this, this is a familiar passage, um, but the only one that I can think of is the Galatians passage where it says uh, that cursed is he who hangs on a tree. Yeah. And I don't think that the verse you just read is is that Galatians passage. Um, hmm. Boy. This is hmm. uh, this is beautiful gospel, though. Uh, I mean that... You can't, you know, don't try to get points by talking about how good it is. You gotta guess the text. You, now you can narrow it down probably Old and New Testament, huh? You think this is probably, uh, this is like later uh, prophets? This is a New Testament text. Okay, okay, that's good. Um, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> okay, give me the text one more time. Christ redeemed us from the curse yeah, of the law okay. by becoming a curse for us. Yeah, it's a New Testament text. <laughs> that's, good, that's good. I started thinking, uh, wait a minute. Uh, okay, so um, <laughs> this is this sounds Pauline. I'm pretty sure it's a Pauline epistle. Polish. It sounds Polish. It's very polished. It narrows it down to <laughs> 13 books. You're getting closer. Um, uh, I am gonna go. Okay, so I I these are the three books I'm deciding between. It's yeah, either okay. I'm, I'm so using your tactics. Uh, it could be Galatians, but I don't think it is. Um, first or Second Corinthians or um, this is actually that's actually four books or Romans. Just um, throw in a couple more. Uh, or sure. Philippians <laughs> or no. Ooh, it could be Philippians. Uh, I my final answer is going to be First Corinthians. Whoa, so close. Galatians three thirteen. Oh. It is the text you were thinking of. Ah, were you thinking Galatians, Vicar? Yes. Oh, that's two hundred points for the vicar. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, wait, am I, am I supposed to play the part that you usually do and whine and moan about this? Is, this, is that what I'm supposed to be doing? Sure, sure. All right, we're on to one-word clues. Is this our last segment, by the way? I'm afraid it is. Uh, all right, wait, where did my... Oh, yeah, here it is, okay. Uh, my one word for you, Vicar, my one-word clue is singed. 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 Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Law or gospel? Singed. <laughs> I'm going to say law. It can't, be, uh, it can't be law or gospel unless it's a sentence. Singed. Yeah, I Old think... Old Testament? Old Testament would be a fine place to start. Okay. Um, judges. Judges. Judges is wrong. Oh. Daniel, chapter 3, Daniel. verse 27, which says... And the satraps, administrators, governors, the king's counselors gathered together, and they saw the men on whose bodies the fire had no power. On oh. the hair on their head was not singed. Ratchak, Meshach, and Abednego. If you want to call them by their Babylonian names, yes. We do. Nor were their garments affected, and the smell of fire was not on them. All right, law or gospel? Uh, gospel. Because? Uh, the, the fourth person uh, was the angel who saved them, uh, because they stood up for what they believed in. True. Uh, that's Jesus there, too. All right. No points, Vicar. Sorry. That's fine. No worries. All right, Evan, you ready? Ready. Uh, the one-word clue for you is philosophy. Ooh. Oh, I, philosophy. I got this. Oh, you got it. Got He's it. got it, folks. This He's is, uh, got it. This is Pauline again. Polish, yes. 
this is the passage where he says, where is the wise man, where is the philosopher of this age? Oh, wait, that's not quite philosophy, is it? That's not quite philosophy, is it? <laughs> that's philosopher. That's the same philosopher. root. Philosopher. That's the same root word, though. So I think that counts. You want to talk about the word, by the way? Philosophy. Uh, the love of wisdom. Uh, filio, like Philadelphia's city of Burley love. Filio be love of osophy. <laughs> <laughs> the love of study? What is it? So, uh, so, uh, Sophia. Sophia. Wisdom. The wisdom. Yeah, love of wisdom. That's what I said, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what you said, I think. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> It's got to be. I'm thinking New Testament because philosophy philosophy starts getting really big in in the with the with the Greeks, Um, and so here they are running around saying that um, that uh, that by 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 reason of philosophy that um, that we know kind of all the secrets. This is sort of the advent of um, Gnosticism that comes up a little bit later. Uh, so I, I'm still leaning Pauline. I don't know where to go with it, though. Um, so I'm just going to throw out a guess with Colossians. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> Colossians. Okay. Chapter 2, verse 8. I, I went off of the uh, the Gnosticism <laughs> guess because I know Colossians deals heavily with Gnosticism. So. <laughs> you don't get any, any, whiz, any uh, boy, he's smart points after I told you you got it right. You have to say <laughs> that kind of stuff before you guess. <laughs> Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. That's how it's done, folks. <laughs> <laughs> 300 points. So here, Paul. Th- th- Whoa. Uh, this is, uh, well, I'm sorry, read it again for Law Gospel. Okay, okay. Here it is. Um, I thought you were going to say uh, Acts and go for Athens, by the way, but. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. Yeah, okay, so um, this is law with an element of gospel. Um, this is tough because, I mean, though you read the whole verse, this is sort of a, a half sentence in, in Greek, or in English for that matter. Um, but um, so uh, so that... We we are susceptible to being deceived by these sort of words of empty wisdom, um, that this is sort of a, a false wisdom. Uh, in in uh, let's see where is it, Colossians or no, no I'm sorry um, I mean I was going to say First Corinthians it says that that God has made foolish the wisdom of the world which was the passage I was thinking about before, um, and so now that God makes our wisdom foolish and then um, what. Uh, the, the the wisdom of God is the cross, so that we would look at the cross and think um, that is foolish. That that cross, um, that that Jesus is dying, uh, what a what a weak God that is. But in the wisdom of God, through that suffering, through that Jesus dying, through that through that crucifixion, we are actually given the forgiveness of sins and the promise uh, of everlasting uh, that's life. That's a buzzword. He got the buzzword. <laughs> oh, he got the buzzword and the law and the gospel. <laughs> All right, I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you 30 points for law and gospel, and I'm going to give you one point for the buzzword, and that brings your total to 531. So the final score here is, final score, Evan, 531 points, Vicar, Oh wait! I know I added. Uh, you oh, wrong. I, oh no! I added you wrong. Uh, Evan, five hundred and fifty-one points. Vicar, five hundred and fifty-one and a half. 
<laughs> Boy, that that wasn't in the works since you gave half a point. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we have a minute and a half. Do you want to do some Ten Commandments in the news? Oh, that's, yeah, let's do it fast. Okay. Ready? So, okay, go ahead. U.S. Supreme Court issued its ruling, the Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act, on June 28th. The Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, opposes the birth control mandate that's part of the law because it runs counter to the biblical truth of the sanctity of human life and creates a conflict of conscience for religious employers who ensures, ensures who face steep penalties for noncompliance based upon their religious convictions. Go! Whoa. Um, okay. Uh, deals with Fourth Commandment, dealing with government. Yep. Um, deals with... Uh, First, second, and third commandment in the freedom of religion, so that yep. we have the the we should we have we should have the uh, the legal right to uh, fear, love, and trust in God. We should have the right to uh, bear His name upon our lips, and we should have the right then also to worship Him, um, even uh, throughout our lives. So one, two, yep. three, four. Yep. Uh, the fifth commandment is dealing with the contraception issue, or I should say, really the the abortifacient uh, issue. Um, so that's yep. uh, fifth and sixth commandment right there. Yep. Um, seventh commandment, because they're forcing you to buy something. Oh, yeah, nice. <laughs> okay, eighth commandment. <laughs> Has to do with the courts, because this made it way through the Supreme Court. Bearing witness in court. Okay, and yeah, then yep. nine and ten. Are, is there any coveting in this? Our uh, money. Yeah, Our money. <laughs> there you go, a sweeping Ten Commandments story. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> One right. sign of the pin, and all Ten Commandments are broken. Oh, man. All right. Well, uh, we're getting the theme music coming up, so you have like a 10-second um, comment on this? Uh, yes. This whole thing is a disaster, and should we should work against the, uh, this mandate to get this thing undone. Okay. Vicar, i got to do a quick shout-out. Hello, Aaron. Hello, Dan. Hello, Christine. Hello, everyone else in Dan and everyone else at seminary. Hello. Nobody hey, else. Hey, no, right. None of those people are listening. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, maybe, but I'm trying. All right, Vicar. Good to have you on the show. Thanks for listening to Table Talk Radio. We should sing the Nuke the Menace. The points are like singing the Nuke the Menace in the intermediate state because you've you already have listening to Table Talk Radio. The awful. views expressed <laughs> on this show are that of the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions of this station. We would like your feedback on today's show. Call us toll-free, 1-800-385-SOLA. That's 1-800-385-SOLA. Or send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. You can listen again to this show or any of our past shows on our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio.